on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Welcome to the Orient Hour. My name is Billy Herring and I'm joined today by guests Richard Priest. Rich, how are you doing? You okay? Good, thanks, mate. Gareth Platt. Yeah, I'm good, Billy. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. And uh, good to see what we like in this show is consistency and it's good to see that Terry brought the new year in, as he did when he was a player, by uh, having a really good night. Terry, how are you? Yes, I'm a lot better now, thanks, Bill, and uh, Happy New Year to everyone. Yes, Happy New Year to all of our listeners. We hope you had a good uh, Christmas and we hope you had a good uh, break over the uh, over the period. Right, let's get straight into it then, chaps, because we've got two games to talk about. We've got the Football Away Days tweet about the O's overcharging those poor Bolton fans. And uh, we've got the transfer window as well that's open. So a lot to get on with. Um, and we start off with, um, well... Probably the dullest game I've ever seen, if I'm honest with you. However, what I will say is, I love a nil-nil draw, because I used to be a defender, and I've said it before, I love to see a team scrap, I love to see a team defend, and I don't care what anyone else says, if you get a clean sheet, right, you're halfway there. Anyway, here's the lineup for the day. So we started off with a uh, 4-2-3-1 formation with Brin in goal. Brown, Beckles, Happy and James at the back. Prattley and El Mazzuni in midfield. Ford, Galbraith and Archibald. And Satiru up front on his own. Um, chaps, what did you think of the lineup? Richie, I'll come across to you first of all. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of moving players into positions. After, you know, especially when it's a good player like Brown in midfield. I think I like to see him there. I, you know... I'm not a huge fan of utility players. Sort of like they're good in midfield, they're good here. I think generally most players are. I mean, I believe you can be good at the whole way at the back in all positions and stuff. So just in case Terry's looking at me to have you know, I, I think you know I'd rather a midfielder stays in midfield somewhere rather than moves to a right back. But you know, he's played there before, and I know he's very good there and stuff. And he, and he had a good game actually. So um, and I'd like to. Have, I mean, as much as I thought Ford played well on the right as well, but again, I'd rather have seen him probably in the middle and. Uh, possibly Ruel might slightly out wider. Um, Got to be honest, I'm putting it out here, I way prefer Ford out wide. We had this discussion the other day, he's a lot better to me, a lot more yeah, effective out wide. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how the, how the rest of the panel feel, but I just, 
I don't think, if I'm honest, he's ready for this level of football at the moment. I, he's a youngster. I think he might, he might well get there. He may well end up playing higher. I don't think he's ready yet. However, I think he looks miles better out wide than he does in the middle. A, because he's not backed up by two just great big honking centre-halves. Um, and B, he gets a bit more space out there. He can see a bit more of the pitch. He's not playing so much of his back to goal. He's decent at running with players. He can't fault his attitude. He works really hard. He hasn't got an end product yet, but again, I think that'll come. Um, but I prefer him out wide. Gareth, go on, I'm coming over to you. Yep, no, I don't hardly agree there, Bill. Um, I think there's a rawness to him, isn't there? I think, I think the, the sort of building blocks, the actual skills, the physicality, the pace is there. But it's about learning the game and learning where to play and how to play. I always thought he was a little bit not quite wide enough, a little bit too far towards the middle rather than giving us a real width and option there. But I, th- I think he's almost played himself into consideration, hasn't he? Because when he has come on and when he has played, he's made an impact. And because we've constantly say that we don't score enough and we don't carry enough of a threat, then I think he's probably earned the right to be chosen in the front line. It seems to be that he isn't a central option, so I think right, wide right is probably right for him at the moment. So. I think it's interesting because, like, obviously we think back to when Soteria broke into the team, he started off wide left. Um, and again, I suppose it's that innocence of youth where, you know, there's that lack of fear where I suppose the opposition don't know what they're going to do. Half the time, I'm not convinced that Ford knows what he's got. Half the time, I'm not convinced Soteria still knows what he's going to do. But, like, I, they sometimes they don't know what they're going to do either and somehow it ends up kind of working. Um, Terry, does that often, uh, that, you know, that, that lack of fear from youth team players coming through or younger players? Yeah, I, I think the funny thing is at the moment, I think the two, the two wide areas, I think, that Shaq and Dan Ajay, they're the two I'd put in the wide areas at the moment. I think we're still left with a bit of a, an issue up the middle. But them two at the moment are offering us a little bit something different at the moment. And I think that ability to, to be able to take players on, um, you saw in the game um, against Charlton, going back two games, the winning goal came from a wide area where Dan got around the back. Yeah. And about two minutes after it, Shaq done exactly the same thing. And actually, he did pick out a very good pass yeah. to rule. More of that's needed. And as you say, he's a little bit, he's a little bit green and raw at the moment. But he's got something, and say I think you can see um, his his confidence is, is is rising a little bit. We spoke to him. He got the man of the match, and we spoke to him up in the, in the um, lounge afterwards. And he said he feels like he's feeling more part of it now, which is all good. I think the fact that we're not losing helps his confidence of players as well. Um, but as I say, them two players for at the moment, in the absence of, of Jordan Graham, and I know like obviously Theo is a wide player, but I think them two offer something a little bit different to what Theo does at the moment. Interestingly, I prefer, again, it's one of them, I prefer Theo on the left. I feel like when he's on the left, he stretches defences more, he gives us more width, so therefore he's more of an outball. Um, but I know that Richie likes to play him on the right-hand side as an inverted winger, Rich. Yeah, um, I think last season, because we had um, Paul Smith on the left, didn't we? So we had Theo. But yeah, I mean, I, I always preferred him on the left, but you know he was brilliant on the right last year as well so I've got to be honest I don't mind as much I mean I I, I do like because Dan Ajay I think he's right footed right so if he plays I like when they can cut in on that so I think what Theo does well on that right is he cuts in on his left and he can he can curl one in because you know we haven't really seen enough anywhere near enough goals I don't think he scores enough on the left that's my only issue I think on the left I think he's he's much better at getting in the positions and putting the ball across but I don't think he's as threatening uh, with his shooting on the on the left hand side, um, but I think on the right where he can cut in, I think he looks really good there. And I think that's what he did quite effective last year. Um, and I say like if you know for me, I, I I think our wingers at the moment for me would would be Theo and Dan Ajay, whichever way round they you know switch it in games or whatever. 
Um, I think the issue is still who, who goes in that centre position for me. I think, you know, I still think there's something there with Pigger. I, I think one of the things about strikers, they, they strike me as players who would be better in a front two rather than a, just on their own kind of with two guys playing off of them. You know, I think Piggott would, you know, Piggott and Ford maybe, you know, the, the classic big man, small man kind of thing. But they, they both, I mean, four four two just doesn't exist in football, I don't no. think anymore, does it? So you can't really, you can't really have that. But, um, you know, if we're going with three, I'd, I'd probably still pick Sotirio is probably the main finisher for me. But he's, you know, he's only young. I think people do forget that because he's been with us a while and made a lot of appearances. But, you know, I, I still think Real's got a good good future ahead of him in the game. I, I think he's going to be, I think I might have said this the other day, like he's going to be kind of a Hector Kipriano. Yeah, yeah. Where He'll look I think once he goes somewhere else, yeah. we'll realise just, just how good. I mean, it was a bit different because I think he's, he's played for us a long, lot more than Hector. But I can just see his finishing for me. I, I just think he's a, he's a great finisher. That's the thing. But he's just, he's just inconsistent at the moment. I think he's just got to get that, change that level. And I think, you know, give it a few years, I think we'll realise he's a good, very good League One striker. I think... I'm guessing that anyway. Terry's disagreeing. <laughs> I mean, I am. Um, I I like Terry. He offers you a goal threat, and I think, and he's goal scorer. And I think that it's one of the things where you you know every team needs a goal scorer, and Ruel can break break the lines. He can create a chance out of nothing. However, what lets him down is his first touch. His first touch needs to massively improve if he's going to play at a higher level. The re- the reason I was shaken out of what Rich said, not that I don't think Ruel's a good player. I think Hector's got levels he can go up further and further. I think real, I, I personally think he's at his ceiling now, possibly. He's young and he might improve, but for me, he hasn't got the scope to improve like Hector. When I saw Hector play, you could see he was a proper footballer. Yeah. You know, lovely, very sort of very smooth, pass move, whatever. And, and he has, it looks like, from what I hear, he's doing well uh, at Peterborough. Yeah, by all accounts. He's, got, he's got a little bit of interest. Yeah, him, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think he's got that ability to maybe go up another division. Time will tell. I mean, I say I'm not disagreeing with Rich in, in the sense of that I don't think Rule can play. You are. I just no, <laughs> no. I just I just don't think I think that Hector, as I say, he, he's he's got more in him to go further. I think at this moment in time, and that's not to say Rule, as we we sometimes forget, as you said, he's he's young and he's still got time to improve. Right, so, I mean, that's a nice segue into it because unfortunately now we are going to be missing rules to Tiriu for the next four weeks. Obviously, he pulled up with a hamstring in the first half against Wickham, um, which allowed Dan Ajay to come on up front. And obviously, that's something we've already talked about briefly about Dan Ajay. Um, where do we see him playing then? I know you guys have kind of mentioned you prefer to see him out wide at the moment. He's playing down the middle. Um we talked about Piggott there and Richie has kind of, um, well, he hasn't just intimated, he's actually flat out said, look, when we play Joe up front, he hasn't got the pace to close down as we want to close down and so therefore we can't play as I want to play. And Dan Ashe, where he has got that pace, he has got that work ethic, he allows us to, to press defences and it means we can play higher up the pitch. Um, what do you guys think on that? Um, Terry, I'll start with you yeah. and then I'll come over to you, Gather. Right, so, so just like the, sort of the, the Joe Piggott conundrum is, is that really... He would thrive maybe on a service coming from wide. But if we play Theo on the right cutting in and we play a left cutting in on the right, we're not gonna he's not gonna get that service. You know? Sorry, do you think that pigs could play in the ten? Because so far this season we've played we've played uh, Real Soterio there in the main. Mm. We've played um Ethan Galbraith played there the other night and I thought he had an exceptional game, by the way. We'll, but we'll come on to him in a little bit. But do you think he could give you that physicality in the 10? Or do you just, with someone playing beyond him, or do you just think he's just lacking that mobility? I think he's got the technique to play as a 10. Yeah, yeah. 
But you just said it there, the physicality. That's that's what's letting him down a little bit at the moment. When, when, when physicality or mobility? Because I well, think he's well, strong. He's good in the I, air. Well, listen, look, it's like one of the best players who had no pace to play, Teddy Sheringham. He he had the the the, the technique and uh, the awareness to, and I think Joe's got the awareness. See, and he, he yeah. looks for players, and he, but he's got to just t- he's got to toughen up a little bit for me. You know, that's where he's let himself down a little bit. So he could play as a ten. I still don't know. That still is with the issue of who plays nine. But I certainly think it's something they could look at if we if we needed to experiment a little bit. Because I suppose if he played in the 10, then that would allow you to possibly play Ford in the 9 or Ajay in the 9 and keep Ford out wide. Well, you said it earlier that with Shaq, he, he, I think he struggles with his back to the game. You mentioned yeah. it earlier. So maybe he wouldn't have to play so much with his back to the game and maybe we could like thread some balls through and whatever, you know. Um, and I think that links him, what we're going to talk about maybe with Galbraith, he could be the person I think we need to get on the ball more. Gareth, coming over to you. Just about Joe Piggott in the 10. Uh, but Joe Piggott in the 10, I'm not convinced, I'll be honest, because he played there in the, was it Wyatt Gillingham in the cup game? And he played there, and it's like everybody was talking about, well, this is the position that suits him, not the number nine role. And he didn't really do anything. And I think the thinking was perhaps, he looks like a big unit. He looks like he could be a number nine. He looks like a sort of guy who'll get on the end of crosses. And maybe the thinking was Archibald left, Graham right, big guy in the middle, that's going to work. But I've been puzzled because I was always convinced that Ajay was a right-sided, a wide player. But every time he's come on pretty much, he's played through the middle. And I suspect, I, I, I suspect the feeling was that he was going to be the central striker. Yeah, agreed. Uh, perhaps swapping with Drinan, despite, you know, we know that Drinan's disappeared because of the injuries. So I think he was, he was destined to be the central forward. And Piggott was brought in as he was available backup and an option that we might be able to change things or we might be able to slot in. But because Ajay got injured at the beginning of the season, we didn't get that chance to do it. So I think we're beginning to see what Richie was thinking in terms of a front line. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's go back to the game then, just quickly. Um, I mean, overall, it was a poor game. Um, Tom James was unlucky, was unlucky with an attempt in the first half, and then Ford should have done better after Ajay um, had, um, had put him through uh, later on in the, in the second half. Um, positives, we've already mentioned that Ford looks good out wide, looks much better. Um, but Ethan Galbraith, um, I think he is an exceptional player, a really good signing. Uh, he glides around the pitch. He, he, you know, he, he's like he's like a Rolls Royce. He makes everything look so easy. And I think the one thing that the team lacks is we don't get the ball to him early enough. He picks up so many good positions and we just don't find him early enough. Yeah, exactly. I've watched his movement. I watched him closely um, in the Wickham game, and he is perpetual motion. He does not. Yeah. He does not stop. What we've got to get better at doing is finding him in that little hole. We done it once. It was a great pull. He took it on the half turn. We ran it. We've got to do that more often. We've. When I've said, to talk, I've talked about being braver when we play. Yeah. I think sometimes we play a lot of safe football. A lot we'll of play, left and right yes, side side. Yeah. yeah. I think we've got to look at ticket and, and listen. All three of them boys, like um, Idris, um, uh, Brown and um, Galbraith, are all capable of playing on the half turn. They're all technically good. We've, I think that's a key for us in the second half of the season. If, if we want to sort of create a little bit more, I, th- I think we've got to be uh, a little bit less predictable. I think sometimes we sort of move the ball around what I call the horseshoe. Like we go out, yeah. run, run, run. Uh, and I think when we've done, and Gal, Galbraith is the one who looks like he's going he's gonna to pick the lock of the, the defence. He, he, he gets into some great positions and I think it might, that might develop. That, that's going back to what Rich said earlier about if we kept Jordan Brown in midfield, they can develop that. They can, them three in there can develop that. It's about partnerships, right? Yeah, of yeah. course it is. All, all, you know, if you look at the moment um, at the back, 
I think Omar and Dan have played together. Like, and it's, it's a partnership. You know, the, the, the defence looks. You know, I know we've had still one or two injuries, but I think James uh, Beckles and Happy have played more or less the last. And, and they look more set. It looks better, and it's the same with our midfield. Uh, and Rich was quite right in saying that earlier. Like, if you've got someone who's good in there, keep playing them in there. Try and find someone else to go in them other areas. I mean, I think we've been, again, we look at the injuries we've got. We've been really unlucky with our forward players in so much that when you look, you know, we've had Ross Tiriou, obviously he's picked up an injury. Drynan's picked up an injury. Hajay's been out with an injury, you know. Um, obviously, they've played Ford there. They've played Piggott there. Theo's been fairly consistent when he's played um, which has been which has been good but again he's played on the left he's played on the right he's played in the 10 as well um, I would really really I'd be really excited to see if we could get a run of games where we had Theo, we had uh, Galbraith in the 10, we had Ajay up front, um, you know, Ford out wide because all four of them A, give you a massive amount of work rate, B, real quality on the ball and they're not afraid to you know you saw the other night against Cambridge when Theo cut, when Theo cut inside and took a shot of his left foot crashed off the bar sort of thing you know as we said um, um, again um, what's um, Ajay you know hit the, hit the post you know and scored as well you know and there was um, I've got hang on I've got to go and check my notes now and stuff like that but we've hit the I mean we, we hit the woodwork three times during that game against Cambridge um, Gareth yeah well that's the attacking threat that we've been missing isn't it and I think it goes back to what we're saying. You're beginning to see the emergence of the team, aren't you? And I think Terry's just outlined the back four. It's probably James uh, Beckles, Happy Hunt. The midfield is probably Brown, um, El Mazzuni and Galbraith. And the front line at the moment were, is, is, is all about Ajay in the, in the middle, flanked by uh, Ford and Archibald, isn't it? And I think you're beginning to see the difference. I mean, I can't remember the last time, or if we have this season, hit the woodwork three times. So, you know, and it's, we're actually creating... And we scored two goals, don't forget, as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's beginning to... The threat that we didn't have is beginning to emerge because we're getting to where we want it to be, I think. So. It feels like we need that consistency there because ultimately, you know... I almost feel sometimes it's easier to, for defenders to because you know your the centre halves can build a partnership together. As you said, Dan Dan and Dan Appy and, and Beckles have played together all last season, so they've got that relationship there already. Whereas the the, the front four boys or the, you know don't have that. You know, so it they're, when they're making runs off the ball and stuff like that. What you saying about the bravery tale? You can only be brave if you're confident that someone's going to make that run or someone's going to be in that space. And it's really difficult if you don't know who you're playing with from one game to the next because Moncur is not going to make the same run as Gal Brave. And we saw it the other night where you know when we played against Cambridge, we made two changes and Gal Brave got moved back to right back and Brown got put in the midfield. Yeah, so I was just about to bring this yeah. up. Yeah, because well, I think one of the things that holds us back a little bit is Richie still doesn't know what his best eleven is as in the position they're in because I mean don't get me, when I saw that because originally I thought Am I, is he covering for him now I thought he can't surely he's not playing him at right back And but to be fair he didn't actually have a, a bad game actually when I was like especially just, the second half I thought he looked really yeah, good yeah I was mean, so cut you off I was trying to work out why Richie did that and the only reason I can think of is that we know Bray, we know Brophy has pace mm. and Galbraith's quicker than Brown and I just wonder whether Richie's looked at it and gone Brown can play in the midfield Sanders needs some minutes I can drop Galbraith in at right back and you know we know that he's got the pace to cover in if Brophy does start running at him Yeah, um, I mean, I think, and it, you know yeah. I just wondered that but you, you said so I think it was you that said something similar to that I was thinking because whenever I've seen Sanders he looks better in that holding role actually yeah I mean, yeah. he doesn't look as effective 
perspective for me playing in that number 10. Agreed. And I, I didn't think, he was probably one of the few players I didn't think, you know, I didn't really notice him much at Cambridge. I know everyone, everyone sort of played well and he, 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 you know, he was okay, but I, I didn't really notice him doing much there. And, and, and this is another thing, as sort of we mentioned earlier, and Terry just said that it's good, it'd be good to, I mean, I understand as well, obviously the games around the new year and Christmas, they're fast, so you've got to move them and change them around yeah. the team, but it would be good to get some consistency because the best period we've had this season, kind of that October period, was when, you know, Brown and El Mizzouni and Galbraith in front of them, and then, you know, the next thing, Galbraith was dropped to the bench and he didn't seem to play for a long time after that, and, you know, I'm still unsure why that happened, really. I know someone said, Matt Harold did an interview where he said, oh, we don't feel he's quite ready yet or at a level, which doesn't make sense to me, to be honest. But, you know, maybe they see a lot more in training than we do, obviously. Mm. So I think it's tough sometimes with the young boys because I do think that they can be overplayed early on and therefore it then is detrimental to their game sometimes. But then sometimes it goes I the mean, other yeah, way. If you're we, in and we out were in a team, bad you know, period like, when yeah, he did yeah, drop him and it was yeah, difficult for him to get yeah, back to that level. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I think Sanders is good cover for them. We've still got Prattley who can put in the odd performance still at, at this level as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think without Goldraith in that ten, I think we, we there's the creativity isn't there. As much as I, you know, Ruel does a good job there. He scored those goals. I mean, Monker, I think we can see this season isn't the answer. And I'll be surprised if possibly he's even here beyond the end of this month. Certainly, I don't see him being here beyond the end of this season. Let's let's let's, let's uh, we'll, 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 we'll save yeah. that for later <laughs> yeah. on. But yeah, no, you make a good point here because you know Monker's on good money. And I would imagine he's probably one of the better play players in the team. And right now, if we're honest about it, we're not getting value for money, I would suggest. Terry, you're shaking your head? Yeah, no, I agree. I, 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 I think George has been ever so disappointing. You know, um, he can't... George Moncur as yeah, well, that's the thing, yeah, isn't it? Like... We know the kid can play, mm. we know that. But we're, he's a bit of a passenger at the moment, isn't he? And, you know, you, you see, we, we touched on it earlier... The boys are working really hard. One thing you can't fault the team for is, you know, is, is their work rate. And for me, he, he, he's, he's sort of flitting in and out of games. You know, he might get you a goal and he, and he might do this. You know, well, might ain't good enough at the moment. Um, I think all the boys that are in there are there on merit, and, and he doesn't really seem to be knocking down the door to to, to, to get place in the team. Do you know what I notice about the difference between Moncur and Galbraith? First of all, it's the ability to get around the pitch and cover the ground. But what I would say as well, when Galbraith's in the team. Gets it one touch and go, one touch and go. When Moncur gets the ball, he wants three, four, five touches before he releases it. And there, was, often... um, there was an instance of that, I think, in, on Friday when he carried and looked, and, and he ended up stopping and checking out, and he, he lost it in the end. He didn't know what to do, and I think he yeah. lost it. You know, and just say. With Galbraith, he seems a lot clearer in what he wants to do. It's like Galbraith, has, he has a plan. He, he can see the game yeah. and he knows when the ball comes in here, this is where it's going. And it feels to me like Monker. Monker is, one thing I will say, is he will always show for the ball. When he's on that beat, he never hides, but he gets the ball and I don't think he's got a clear picture in his mind of what's going on around him, which is why he's got a one touch, two touch, yeah. like shield the ball then because someone's coming to close him down. And by that point, it's too late. You know, the ball needed to be released earlier. Um, anyway, let's move on to the Cambridge game then. So, um, you know, I would say it was um, one of our best performances of the season is the first thing. So, um, as mentioned earlier on, Richie made two changes. So, we stuck with the uh, 4-2-3-1 formation, but we went with uh, Bryn, Galbraith, um, Beckles and Happy and James at the back. So, uh, Galbraith coming in at right back with uh, Brown and Elmiz in, um, in the holding role in the midfield. And then we had Ford, Sanders, Archibald, and Ajay um, in the uh, in the forward positions. Um, Sanders playing in the ten. So again, another 
player playing in the 10. Um, as Rich and I have mentioned earlier on, we prefer to see him play in, uh, in a deeper role. Uh, Gareth? Yeah, no, I think it's, it just follows on for the conversation you guys were just having. You th- think about what Moncur does. It slows the ball moving up the pitch, which slows us down, which stops the attacking threat. And I think that was very evident. I'm not criticising Sanders because, you know, he's making his way, he's had injuries, he's trying to prove himself in the team. But it was noticeable that he slowed things down way more than Galbraith does. And it just supports the point you were making before, doesn't it? We need somebody to move it and create things quickly. You know, even if it doesn't come off, at least we're trying it rather than going round and round and round, aren't we, so. Yeah, I mean, like I say, Cambridge Cambridge were poor. Cambridge were really, really poor. Um, but we can only beat what's in front of us at the end of the day. Um, we hit the woodwork three times, as I mentioned earlier on. So uh, Ajay, Theo both hitting the woodwork. Joe Piggott coming on, hitting the bar in the second half. Um, you know, so, you know, and lads, I just uh, want to just, uh, just take a moment just to mark this point in the season where we scored from a corner. And I think that it's a momentous occasion. I think that Daryl McMahon will be watching and will be wondering why things just didn't happen while he was at the club. Um, but yeah, look, look you know, all, 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 all for seasonless aside, look, we scored from a corner, which is great. You know, Dan Brown, uh, Dan, Dan Brown, the author, Jordan Brown, finishing from close range in the 54th minute. Um, Richie, did it ever go through your mind that we were playing so well we were going to lose the game 1-0? <laughs> in a typical Orient fashion. I mean, you know, that, that first half, I mean, I did think, I mean, I saw Neil Harris's interview after, he was pretty, you know, better team one, but he did say, I thought we shaded the first half. I thought, I could see his point of view because they were the home team, but I didn't think, I thought first half we were okay as well. I, it was pretty even to me. Um, but you're right, that, that second half was, it was kind of like watching some games last season, I felt, um, like complete, yeah, it was complete dominance. I mean, they were dreadful, but we, we looked really good. We were pressing really well and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you know, it could have been more. It should have been more, really. And, you know, it's, I think one of the frustrations, I, I, I think under Richie Wellens, I, I don't, I feel that we, ha- I haven't seen a complete 90-minute performance yet. I remember a couple of times last week, we, we got sort of 60, 70 minutes, and then the other team would be on top. And I, I just, like, I'd love to see a game where we just completely dominate from start to finish. Um, but, you know, since that, since that first 10 minutes of Bolton, we, we've, we've looked a different team, really, and... You know, the halftime team talk there, the rollicking that they got has obviously done something because, um, you know, as I say, the, the Wickham game, it wasn't great, but I still felt, you know, they were there for the taking. We could have done better. Um, but, you know, that second half performance was, yeah, you're right, probably as good as I think I've seen this season, really. And um, it's just a shame we couldn't have got a few more goals, to be honest. <laughs> I don't want to be greedy, but, you know, that's what it felt like, really. Do you know, going back to what you just said there about the Wickham game, there was a, there was a bit of a disagreement on our WhatsApp group, wasn't there? Because some people were happy with the... With the well, I was happy with the nil-nil because it was four points out of six, out of six at the time. Um, and my point was, if we'd have done it the other way around, if we'd have drawn with Charlton and then beaten Wickham, you know, you'd have been happy with that. Because we beat Charlton and then drew with Wickham, people were sort of saying, no, we should have got six points and we'll regret that later on in the season potentially and stuff um, but I'm always happy with four points out of six because over the course of the season two points a game is going to get you there or thereabouts right? Well, if you beat the top so, team you know, and then you lose to the bottom team the next game or draw with the bottom team then you're always going to look at that and go oh you know I mean because the thing is with Wickham and 
you know, they were there for the taking, just like Cambridge, really. That was the, you know, sadly had that chance in the first half. And other than that, they did Bloody nothing, did they? Sadly, I But yeah, you know, I, I just think, yeah, well, that's the frustration for me is we, we could have had more points. I think that's the thing. And, and I think the Wickham performance, we, we were the better team in that as well. We, we should have had more points, really. It should have been nine instead of seven. Terry, how does that feel from a professional footballer's point of view when you go out and you beat a team who, you know, you're expected to lose to possibly and then you draw with a team that you're expected to beat um, how does that affect the dressing room I mean I suppose it's not so bad if it's a nil-nil because we've seen yeah, the I, clean sheets I, I don't think we look at it like that Bill I don't think we look through the same eyes as you do because I, I said afterwards I, I said that was so frustrating because they were awful Wickham I can't believe they scored three goals against Bristol Rovers because watching them on Friday night we weren't great but we were better than them and the amount of times we were in the last third and we couldn't pick a pass out or, or we made a bad decision but they, I, I was amazed at how bad they were, honestly. Uh, and so, I, you know, I, I, as I said, I've done the interview with Shagger after up in, upstairs. And I said to him, that, that dressing room must be really frustrating. And it was. Because, as I say, we didn't really create many chances. But yeah. so we, we dominated territorially. We, we were in their half most of the second half. But, as I say, we, we, we let... And, and it looked like we... We developed that from that game. We developed to the Cambridge game where we create, did create chances and should have scored more than we got the two. Should have scored more. I, th- I think, as I say, I wouldn't look. I, I think it was two points dropped on Friday. I take your point. Four points out of six would have taken that before. Context Three of clean sheets in a row. Not, well, that that is no. I tell you, that's not to be sniffed at. That's as you say. Take out the first seven minutes at Bolton. We've not conceded a goal for nearly four games. And fair play. That's that's and and do you know what? That really helps the team. Because, you know, I always say when you're not scoring goals, it does put a bit of pressure on you defensively. But they're, they're really coming through at the moment. You know, as a team, it's not just a defence, but we're looking a bit more solid. Um, I know, all right, Charlton, Wickham and um, Cambridge don't offer the most attacking wise, but nonetheless. I mean, May's got 20 goals or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah we didn't really see him. No, up, so. no. So, you know, you, as you said before, you can only do... Well, against the stuff against the team you're playing, and we've done that very well. Um, what do you think, Gareth, was the main difference then between the Cambridge game and the Wickham game? Obviously, as I said, you know, we scored two goals, we hit the woodwork three times, you know, it wouldn't have flattered us if we would have won that Cambridge game 5 or 6 0, you know. Um, what would you say the main difference was between the two, between the two, um, two uh, games? If I had the answer, I'd be a magician, wouldn't I? But, um, you know, no. or an expert, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, I think it may have been slight. Slight fatigue element. You know, it was, a, it was a tough game against Charlton and we got there in the end, but the goal only came 10 minutes from time. And it's quite an intense game, wasn't it? So it took yeah. quite a lot out of the players. Uh, but I think it's also the approach. I think Charlton probably quite fancied it, didn't they? They thought, we'll come to Leighton or we'll get them beat and then we'll move on from there. But at the same time, I think Wickham knew they weren't going to come and beat us. So it's kind of survival tactics, wasn't it? So perhaps that didn't they help did, us. They yeah, certainly yeah. sharp shop. I mean, they bought on another centre-half with 15 minutes to go, you know? So, yeah, like, yes. that tells you everything you need to know about what they wanted for the game. Yeah, the, the Wickham fans' response as well, I think, told you everything about it. Boring yeah. Wickham, yeah. So I think they yeah. knew that's, that's what they'd gone for. There was no real effort to score from their part, was there? So, yeah, I mean, I suppose as an away team, that's, that's, that's your job, right? It's just to make sure you don't concede more than anything else. And then if that's the case, then they did it effectively, I guess. But... Yeah, I mean, it wasn't great for the viewer, but yeah, it's, it's, Terry said it's, it's the frustration really because, you know, we, we didn't really create the chances. To be honest. I think that's the annoying thing. It's not like we were their keeper was having a world here and we were missing all these chances. We, we still, you know, it's the, probably the thing we've been lacking most this season still. We're just not quite creating those chances still. I mean, 
you know, even the Cambridge game, you know, I could throw that argument there slightly, which is why I only finished 2-0, because, you know, neither of them were clean goals as such, were they? And I'd like to see, you know, just like us to... Tom James is to larrap it in at the top corner for once this season or something. Just to be to fair, to, to be fair to Tom James, he was unlucky against against yeah, Wickham. You know, what I mean, a couple of free kick yeah, free kick or save by the and the one where he cut inside and he hit yeah, it and yeah, the keeper's yeah. gone full length and saved it as well. You know, I, so. I, I actually think it's nice to score a couple of scruffy goals. We didn't, we don't do that enough. I, I think we, we, you think last season we had how many great goals did we score last season? It was amazing. And I said my criticism was that we, we don't get enough bread and butter goals. So from that aspect, it was good. Just going back to the difference, I think it was, we, end product. So uh, Dan Ajay, I think running, it, but was getting it, was getting shots off. Um, Theo got a shot away from. We don't shoot enough from around, but we, we've Agreed, started yeah. to do that a bit more. Maybe that's the difference, and, and, and it brings a bit of confidence, you know. Um, uh, so I'm just trying to think of, of, of our other chances. Um, Joe Pickett went at the bar, he scrapped, he scrapped well Scrap for it, for it yeah. and, and just shot, you know. He, he weren't trying to look for just, you know, sometimes yeah. you see the whites of the, the, the keeper's eyes have a go, and it just looked like we were a little bit clearer in what we wanted to do in that final third as opposed to, to Friday at Wickham where it seemed, it seemed a bit fuzzy. Do you think, so what I like about Dan Ajay, I know we've talked about whether we play him out wide or whether we play him down the middle. I like the fact that he's direct. For a wingery and half strong as well, you know, and he's, he's actually he's good with his back to goal, you know, like he gets his, he reminds me a bit of like, of like a black Mark Hughes, gets his backside stuck mm. out, right, mm. gets his foot dug, feet dug in and he holds his ground and he's so strong. Um, but you know, it, just, like, it just makes you, you know, we were saying like, play Shaq on the right, Theo on the left and, and maybe give him another go there as he's yeah. getting stronger and fitter because yeah. you say he can play but he's back to the game yeah. he, he rolls defenders he knows how to roll a defender so it might be worth looking at that and, and, and saying well that might be the front three I know earlier I said I prefer him wide but he's probably the best person we've got as a centre forward at the moment I th- and I think what he does give you as well is he gives you that option in behind because he's got so much pace and he's so direct he's not afraid to hold the ball up it'll work for you and I think that there'll be I think that there'll be games where defenders will try and get close to him and he'll spin and he'll go and if that's the case then all of a sudden the game opens up because They've got to drop off five yards. It brings Galbraith into play even more in the 10 or whoever it is that plays in that 10. Um, and then, you know, it allows you then to play. Well, it, listen, what you said there, it goes back to what I've, a little criticism I've had of, of, of the way we play is that we don't move the other team around yeah. enough. You know, they, they get their shape. And, but that does what you just said is correct. It, it makes them change the way they try to defend. And if they do start dropping off, it does create more space and allows Galbraith... Uh, Idris and uh, Brown, whoever's playing there, it, it creates more space. So it, it, the, the effect of that is, is obviously a very positive one. And that was one of the things we mentioned last season, that we play a lot of football in front of the defence and we don't necessarily stretch them. And that was where, when we had Paul Smith last season, that was one of the things he was not afraid to do. He'd make those little runs where the defender would have to, sometimes he'd go in behind, sometimes he'd just give a five-yard burst, dead drop off, he'd then come back into the space and collect the ball. And again, I think that's one of the things we've lacked this season. With It's about people breaking the line. Right, and that's where Raul Sotiriu is really effective at times when he does break through from that 10 he breaks through and goes in beyond we haven't done enough of that this season we've looked at our best when players like El Miz breaks the lines Sotiriu breaks the lines you know Theo gets the ball out wide and runs at players and stuff 
exactly what you mentioned earlier on, Terry, about Dan Ashe got the ball out wide, beat their defender, got to the byline, cut the ball back, and that's where we scored against against Charlton. So, Gareth? Yeah, no, I'd agree. And I think actually he's got this, it's an interesting skill. I first noticed that Bristol, Bristol, whether it's a skill or not, I don't know. But it's almost he gets tackled and he's going down and he gets back up and he's still got the ball at his feet and carries on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got unbelievable yeah. And balance, that helps right? to break up the defence, doesn't it? So. Yeah, yeah. And that he actually perfectly sums up his goal the other night. I think he was. I think he spent more time on the floor than he, went he did. Down twice, with, did yeah, he? Yeah, went down twice. But but what what I noticed was the defenders were so terrified to get too tight to him that even when he went down, he had enough time to get back up because they'd backed off because they didn't want that ball going in behind him. And in the end, that's what led to the goal because the defender backed off him. He was able to regain his feet, take. Absolutely ferocious shot, which went between the defender's legs and through the goalkeeper as well. Just as a sideline to that as well, like something teams are now watching us, they might start doubling up on him. That should help us at all because that creates yeah. that means they've got one less elsewhere. Yeah. So there's there's a there's, there's a number of positive like, anomalies that come out of it. Uh, not just the fact that the boy adds makes us a better team for for several reasons. He makes us a better team. All right, so we finished the Christmas period then with seven points out of nine, three clean sheets in a row. We're now 11 points off the playoffs, so who's getting excited? Hands up. And uh, we're nine points away from the relegation zone, but we won't mention that too much. Let's hear from Richie Wellens and see what he made of it all. Richie, thanks for joining us. The perfect way to start the new year. Yeah, well, I just thought this <coughs> sorry, <coughs> for 20, 25 minutes of the second half, at the start of the second half, we, we, you know, we can't, not blew him away, but we was... We was a lot better than in what we wanted to do. First half, um, we didn't switch the ball, we didn't pass it well enough, and we wanted to pass it today. Um, but then that 25-minute spell was really, really good. Um, defensively, very solid all game. I can't remember really conceding a chance to a team that are difficult to beat here. Um, you know, and we could have had you know a couple more goals today. Absolutely. How important is it that Dan Ajay has got his first to the club? Um, <coughs> well, I think. You, the supporters straight away can see what the what a threat he carries, um, and we've signed him because he can play right, he can play left, and he can play centre forward. Um, I think that he'll, he'll grow in confidence. I think it's his, his first goal in four or five months because obviously he's been out injured, and um, you know he can take a lot from that game in terms of confidence for his goal, but a lot, a lot from it physically because we are a hard team to play up front for. Um, you know, and what I ask of him set up the rest of the team and if the strikers don't do it it has a knock-on effect on the rest of our team the way that we press the way that we play so um, I thought also in that he, he was very very good so he can be pleased with his with his day's work today Jordan Brown took his goal well yeah we, I mean we, Brownie's got got goals and I'm pleased that we scored from a set play we're trying to <coughs> Brownie scores his goal because he's not in there already he's got the patience to just stay out a bit like I talk to the players all the time about cricketers you know when a bowler's running into bowl you don't see the, the, bat, the, the, the fielder's already stood in there they get into certain positions and then they start to walk as they, they can see the flight of the ball and um, and go from there. But, no, good finish um, and I'm pleased for Brownie as well because he was ill for a couple of, two, three days and then we put him out to right back and obviously we thought it was a game where he could influence midfield today and I thought he did. It was a wonderful strike from Theo Archibald that crashed against the ball and Joe Piggott also was denied by the woodwork. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, I've got a bit of a cough on it. Um, like I said, we, we had a few one-on-ones. The keeper pulled off a good, a good save from from Dan Aggie and we hit the frame of the frame of the, of the bar a couple of times. So, no, listen, we, we look a goal threat now. We look like we're we're getting better from set plays. And um, like I said, probably I think it was 
definitely half time for Bolton. Our press has changed and we're more aggressive, and, and it suits us. Three consecutive clean sheets. Again, no, it's not. It's because my back four are not, are not being overworked all the time. You know, that was a, a massive benchmark of us last year, and and it's it's non-negotiable. You know, so the, the wingers, the the. Um, if we play a 10, obviously today we played two eights. Or the striker, they have to press in a certain way. And if they don't, then they don't play because there's too many times this season where we've come away from that and, and they're asking too much of our, our back four and our goalkeeper and, it, and it's difficult. There weren't too many negatives, but five yellow cards, they all seemed unnecessary. Yeah, a little petty again. Um, I don't know if you see me smile about two or three minutes ago because that was Theo walking past me. Um, I know I, it's part of the game and it, it's sarcastically... Clap the referee. We kicked the ball away a couple of times because of trying to break the game up. And, and that's a new rules. You can't do it. But it's really difficult <coughs> to control your emotions when then that has happened. For, this is the first year that them rules have been really strict. Usually you can get away. If you touch it five yards, we're not talking about kicking it away 30 yards. We have, now if you touch it five yards, it's an automatic booking. But we've been, you know, we, these lads have had five, 10, 15 years of football where you can, you're allowed to just kick it free and you're not allowed so it's something that we're aware of it's something that the chairman spoke to me about probably two, three months ago and, and we have got better but um, yeah, again I think it was Theo Theo was just a nightmare and, he, he, um, and then obviously Shaq a little bit of an experience Galbraith a little bit of an experience but um, again we'll, we'll, we'll keep learning we'll keep getting better and those supporters really enjoyed it didn't they? brilliant today even from the warm up um, the players must have been buzzing warming up because <coughs> obviously behind the goal was full he never stopped singing um, and that, that's, this is probably the most enjoyable away game we've had, we've had this year in terms of what the, the supporters contributed maybe they're all hung over from last night or still pissed you never know <laughs> so I thought if they can carry on like that then they're brilliant when they're like that they're, they're brilliant after this one of results is next week's Westmite welcome or would you rather be playing? No, I would rather be playing because um, at the moment Blackpool are really 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 good team at home but not in great form away so it just it breaks up a bit of momentum but we have got some tired bodies um, so listen it is what it is isn't it? you want a game because you're winning but then you you, you have to take the positive it is what it is so we, we need to take the positive as it will give the players uh, two or three days rest now and then we'll come back preparing for for the, I think Portsmouth away is it in two weeks time which is obviously going to be a tough game it's going to be huge isn't it well, it's, it's about 100 yard pitch <laughs> By about <laughs> 60 There's white lines on it He's 11 v 11 I don't matter Portsmouth have been in the Premier League But the reason why they're in League 1 Is because something has gone wrong At their football club for a long year And we're in League 1 So I think we're a better team Or more savvy now Than when we played them I got a bit of stick off Portsmouth fans When I said to them That they didn't really do much to beat us And it was actually a compliment to them The fact that they are well-rounded Experienced, strong That they come to our place And was just okay And they won 4-0 That's a real big compliment I gave them But some of their supporters give me stick thinking I was saying they're not good it was it was actually a real efficient performance by them and it was a compliment and finally for me Richie any chance of some departures or arrivals before that trip to the south coast <coughs> well, it's, it's um, we would like a couple more because obviously we don't know Theo's got a problem but he's getting through it Ruel is obviously ruled out for, for two to three weeks Um and what I want to do is I want to start us up for 67 minutes. And if we do tire, we can bring fresh legs on to continue what we do without really changing that much. Um, so I think we need another an extra an extra forward. Um, there won't be too much movement. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. 
Good luck. Happy New Year. Thank you, Good Richie. Year, well done. No Thank problem. you. Thank you very much, Richie. We really appreciate that. And we'll pass over to Dave Victor. The new year opened with a sort of performance that brought such success in 2023. At Cambridge, the O's won the midfield battle, solid at the back and presented a constant threat in attack. Just like last season, supporters left the ground knowing that their side could and probably should have scored more. But it's now three consecutive clean sheets, seven points from a possible nine. Great to see Dan Ajay open his account and Jordan Brown accepted the opportunity well. It really did feel like the return to the form that enabled Richie Welland's side to be crowned champions with three matches remaining. And after such a hectic, festive period, some might argue that the enforced break is a welcome and much-needed boost. But I think it's a shame that we denied the opportunity to build on the momentum gained from the recent performances and results before we head to Fratton Park to face leaders Pompey, who, like the O's, were knocked out of the cup by Chesterfield. But at least John Massino's side have a league fixture to prepare for this weekend. Portsmouth travelled to Cheltenham. It's seven wins and four draws, one defeat at home. Identical record to that on their travels. Blackpool, the only side to return from the south coast with maximum points, although the weekend before Christmas, Fleetwood gained an unexpected point. It feels like Orient had progressed since that painful defeat inflicted by Portsmouth in E10 back in August. When we finally do return to action on the 13th of January, we'll be able to get an objective view of the progress our club has made since returning to the third tier. Happy New Year. It's going to be an interesting one at Brisbane Road. And thank you so much, Dave. Thank you so much, Dave. That's really, really appreciated as well. Victor's view. We always love to hear Victor's view. Um, Right. We saw a tweet earlier on from Football Away Days which was moaning about the O's charging £29 for uh, for Bolton um, when they only charged our fans £10 for, their, for the game at, uh, at, at Bolton, which, to be honest, I still think we should be refunded, but, you know. Um, what do we think? Does anyone really care? Anyone bothered by it? Rich, I know you're, you said you weren't <laughs> earlier. Go on. Well, I must, I'd like to see how much Bolton charged Derby and Portsmouth when they came to there. I mean, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a tenner. You know, you, you, you charge against the... the Smaller clubs, you charge like a tenner for those. Let's, we, we've done it against was it Port Vale and the Lincoln games? We charge the tenner when we know we're not going to fill the away end. Yeah, right? so I don't understand. I mean, we're, we're probably going to be a few quid more expensive because of our area, like geographically where we're in London. Um, but I'd guarantee that they charge at least twenty five, twenty six for the for bigger teams when they come to us. So I have absolutely no idea what they're moaning about. And shut up. Twitter is in uproar, though, Gareth. I mean, you know, surely if Twitter is in uproar, then they must be in the right, and we must be in the wrong. Well, that's it. I mean, they might as well pack up at the club now, isn't it? Because if you're charging too much money, you know, according to nah. No. I mean, um, as somebody who goes pretty much to every away game. Um, you know, you take it, you pay a certain amount here, you pay a certain amount there, and you just kind of get used to it. I mean, it's nowhere near what you pay in the Premier League, so it's not that bad, is it? But it's teams trying to make money. It's, um, I think somebody put, it might even been you, Bill, on the chat, didn't they? That if, if some of the money got passed down yeah, from the Premier League, yeah, then we could make you know, away tickets a lot cheaper for all the fans. But, you know, that's the way the game's geared, isn't it? So we talk about Orient trying to get more money, trying to get more revenue, etc. And one way to do it is to price accordingly, isn't it? So. I must be honest, I don't make that many away games now, um, but I have done previously, and, I, and 
I don't ever really remember looking at the ticket price. You just go, are you going to that game? Yeah. When's the train times? Like, because, you know, it's never really something that's occurred to me. If you've made the decision to go, go. Like, and the cost is the cost and that's it. And if it's a tenner, bonus. If it's 30 quid, all right. Well, it's, you know, it feels expensive, but just that's part of the price. Get on with it. You don't ask when the train goes. You ask, is there a train going? Oh, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bit, ooh, bit, of poli- ooh, bit politics. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is that. When does the train supposed to go? When does it, when does it get cancelled is probably the better answer, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, look, I don't know what people are going on about about X, and I'm sure that they'll listen to this and there'll there'll be a backlash again, and we'll have some angry people on the uh, thing telling us why we're wrong. But um, I, I don't get it. You know, to my mind, let let the club get in as much revenue as you can because then we'll get then we might be able to sign some more players. You know, charge them thirty five or in. Do you know what I mean? Just to uh, just to really really rub their noses in it. Rich, go on over to you. Yeah, do that and then just drop it by five the day before or something and just say, there we go, it's 29 now. So let's see. But yeah, I mean, as Gareth just said, you know, you're going to get charged a lot more at premiership games. I mean, you're there to support your team. I, you know, I, I've never got a ticket. And not, not, I wouldn't say not looked at the price, but, you know, it's never occurred to me. I mean, what, you know, is there, you know, I've got to be honest, I'm not a fan of the whole tiered thing, really, because, you know, the only argument I could possibly see is that, you know, maybe there's League One prices, there's League... I mean, I can understand it in the Premiership, I can, because Arsenal Man U's going to get a lot more than Man U Bournemouth. So, you know, I understand it there, but at this level, I mean, you know, but, you know, it's not quite like it was, say, when Terry was playing, because, I mean, that does seem to be a lot more, you know, those really big teams now. I mean, you know, in those days, you still, you had Stokes and West Broms, but they, they probably weren't, they didn't feel like the sort of derby levels that they are now, or the Portsmouth levels, where they'd, they'd only just come out of the top division not that long before and stuff. So, you know, we do have that vast difference now, I think. But, yeah, I mean, you know, you're there to support your team. They're, they're going to pack it out. It's not like we're, you know, selling 30,000 tickets for them at that price. We're only selling like 1,200. So we've got to make as much as we can. And, and as I say, geographically, unfortunately, we do need to charge a bit more. But, but yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the tiered thing anyway. But I, I don't think it really makes that much difference to people, a few quid, really. I could be wrong. Well, yeah. Anyway, get over it, you lot. Right, okay. So, um, we've got no game on Saturday, so we've got nothing else left to talk about, have we? Nothing else has happened in January? Oh, yeah, I've had a window. That's oh, so the transfer window, of course. How could I forget? I wondered where you were going with that for a second. Well, yeah. I'll be honest. Um, right, what do we need then? Richie said we need a striker. Are we going to get one is the question. My initial thought is no, because... You don't get strikers in the transfer window. Gareth's looking at me like he might have uh, scouted a few players. No. Gareth, no. No, not at all. I mean, it's, it's, you see it all across football, don't you? Everybody wants somebody who's going to bang in the goals. And then the, the, the second line is always, well, where are we going to get them from? And that's the, the big conundrum, isn't it? Because anybody who makes an impact thus far, just take, I'm picking names and we're not starting rumours, but pick Alfie May. Yeah, he's done really, really well. If somebody wanted to come in and get him, what would Charlton say? He's a million pounds. Exactly, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, so it's yeah. not going to happen. So the only option you can get in terms of a striker is to find somebody from a higher level who's a bit more developed than, say, a Ford, a bit more experienced, a bit more established, who's going to hit the ground running and make an impact. But I think what we need to think about is, is playing better as ourselves there, you know, and, and doing what we're doing. We talked about Ajay. Now, the big worry for me is I think Ajay will come good, and I think he will come good as a striker. But I'm also worried about him breaking down because, you know, you've had half a season miss. You've been building up fitness, fitness. It quite often happens, doesn't it? That, you know, they perhaps play too much, tribe a little bit too hard, and all of a sudden there's another problem, isn't it? So, I mean, the bonus is we do now have 10 days off, obviously, we, and... and but, we don't play again until the 13th of January. So, A, it gives us time to actually 
do something in the transfer window. Uh, B, it gives the players a little bit of a break. Those players like Ajay, as you, as you say, who are coming back to fitness and things. Um, Terry, would you be more focusing on getting wide players than uh, trying to get a centre forward? Or do you just think that, you know, we've got, to, we've got to take a gamble and try and get a youngster in on loan? Yeah, I'd, centre forward, looks that looks our main um, area where we need to improve. As we, as we said earlier on, we've got three or four players that can play in wide areas now. Yeah. Um, I think geographically... We're always at an advantage because we've got so many Premier London clubs on our doorstep. And championships, so yeah. Yeah, and championships. So we've always got a chance of getting a player from there. Also, what isn't doing us any harm is the fact that we're doing okay in League One. Yeah. You know, managers might think if we we're in the bottom three, go, oh, I don't really want to go there. I don't, you know, but they see us comfortably mid table at the moment and think, right, no problem. Like, you know, it seems like they're a decent outfit. Um, I. I think the break's come at the right time for us. For the, for the reasons you just said with, with, with Dan, it gives him a time to, to sort of, you know, get him... Because he always looks tired to me when you see yeah. him. As you say, maybe he, like, he goes to fall over because he's knackered. I don't know. But um, he's very ungainly when he runs. Um, and as I say, I think it gives a chance. It, it might be a little blessing in disguise. Of course, I want this to be in the FA Cup. I'd rather us be in the FA Cup. But if we're going to take like, the, like, the silver line in the positive light uh, out of the situation then it does give us time to, to go again in a few weeks' time, you know. Go on, Rich. I, you know, I have to be honest, it sounds silly because I know that goals are our issue, but I, I do, for me, I, I feel that we need the, the creativity a bit more than we need. Because I, I do think if we create those, I, I think, because my issue is I don't think we're creating anywhere near enough. I know we're not finishing anywhere enough, but I think that's because we're not creating. And I, for me, it'd be a bit more pressing, I think, to get a winger in or something like that because... I think if we can get a, get a natural winger in, because we're, we're, we're playing players out there that I don't think are very natural at that position. I, I, I do feel the only natural winger we've got is Theo, other than you know, obviously Jordan Graham's out. Um, I, I do think Dan AJ could do that job, actually, because going purely by when I saw him last season, he was on the left, I think, and I thought he was brilliant. Um, so I, when we actually signed him, I did actually think he was going to... That's what he was like, the Paul Smith replacement on that, on that left-hand side, I have to be honest. Um, but his Cambridge performance up front has made me think that I, I do think he could do a good job in there as well now. Um, but the, the more, for me, I think I, I would still like the winger just slightly more than I'd like the forward, the striker, I think, because I think the winger's going to be a bit easier to get as well. I think, you know, you're right, the striker. What, what we're probably looking at, whether we'll go for a youngster if we've got Shaq forward, I think we'll, you know, I'm not saying this play, but I was reading about, is it Lee Gregory at Sheffield Wednesday? We're, we're kind of looking at that sort of fourth-choice striker maybe somewhere that's going to be on good money that... You know, he's 35 now, but he's a good Sheffield Wednesday. He did very well in League One. And, you know, someone like that I could see is, you know, I'd love to get, you know, like a Kevin Lisby, a pick. You know, is there, is there a mid-30s <laughs> yeah, somewhere yeah, that we yeah. can pick up for yeah. free that isn't doing anything? But Just looking slightly differently, um, is maybe if we could get a, a full-back in, because then we haven't got to play Gal Braith or Brown at, at, full, at the full-back and fill yeah. in. And, and talk, like what we're talking about, developing partnerships, developing little areas of the field. If you can, as I say, Play Idris and Jordan and um, Galbraith as a three. I think, as I said before, I think they're good enough to to be the creative force that we want them to be. And you just, as we said earlier, you're just starting to see it happen for them now. It's far more encouraging because I think, you know, and, and if we've got a full back in, we ain't got to play them boys there yeah, then. Yeah, we've got you know. Sweden, we? but it's obviously, I just don't think he fancies him this yeah, season. Yeah, it's interesting because he was on the bench the other night. His confidence well. looked yeah. very low. You know, he looks, he, I, I think um, Rich, he, he sort of, 
caught um, the sharp side of Richie's tongue a few times, yeah. didn't he, when he came in the side, and I think it's affected his confidence a little bit. And that's an interesting one there. You know, do you bring another fullback in on loan and send him out on loan, Sweeney, to League Two? I don't to get think we're going to get fullbacks time? until the summer. I mean, Agreed. I had a, a very drunk and chat with Ken Teague a few games ago, and and he did mention, you know, fullbacks. He, he was he was look at in the he summer. was drunk or you were drunk? <laughs> well, well, I don't know if he both. I try to offer, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he mentioned something about we'd, we'd we'd probably target fullbacks in the summer when I was throwing all these questions at him about our our main areas. It was seemed to be the forward positions, but yeah, you know, I do agree that I think our fullbacks are a weaker position for us. But yeah, I I just think we probably won't do much in January because. You know, defensively, we haven't looked anywhere near as bad as we have up front, I think. So that's the more priority for things. You know, it's interesting. And I don't know whether it's just the last three games that have sort of coloured my thinking, but I was very much in the camp of send Cooper back because his disciplinary record isn't good enough um, and bring in a centre-half. Yeah, um, well, yeah, well, well, yeah. well, A, it frees up another loan spot, but B, bringing in a centre-half. But, you know, Happy and Beckles seem to be... I seem to have improved, and again, admittedly, we said they weren't necessarily up against the most prolific attacks in the uh, in the in the um, in the um, division. However, do we now just focus on the full line? What would you do, Terry? Would you would you keep Cooper? Would you extend his loan because his loan is um, is up in um, well, it's up now. It's a tough one, isn't it? You say the form the form of, of Beckles and Happy's. He's not as crucial to us now. Yeah. So, and, and so if it frees up another spot, then maybe that that is the way to go. It's the it, way it turns as well. Yeah. And, yeah, of course. So, you know, it, 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 it's, it's a tough one to call. But, yeah, I mean, if, if we can if we can get someone, you know, decent in, it, it might be worth sacrificing, Cooper. We've also got three players. We've only got about 30 seconds left. But we've also got three players, to my mind, who uh, are taking up spots and taking a wage who... Again, I would imagine they'll be on decent money, which is Tomo, Drynan and Moncur, who I would think will be gone in the summer. But um, do we try and offload them now? Do we think that anyone the will take them? I think we might try and get something for in January, yeah. Yeah. Um, Gareth, coming over to you, what would you... I mean, I know, again, Drynan's not fit, so it's hard because... Yeah. I. You know, I mean, the question is who's going to take them, isn't it? True. It's the flip side of what we were talking about before, is if we want them, will they let us have them? Who wants our players? Because they've hardly impressed, have they? So. Yeah, true. It's a really difficult one, isn't it? Last year, so I, I can imagine mm. people. You know, we need someone stupidly rich like Wrexham to come in and do something. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know, and again, those players, you know, I don't think they've done anything wrong, but I just don't think at the moment they're playing enough games to uh, for us to get the value for money that we need. So, well, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of the show. Thank you ever so much, Gareth. Not a problem. Thank you, Terry. Yeah. Good night. And thank you, Rich. Thanks, mate. Thank you for listening, everybody. And we shall see you all next week. Take care. Bye-bye. When I sit with my town, we're the only one of us around. And you know where we can be found. But sadly, come again. We'll be trying to do our best. To cheer all those on who wear the vest. Whatever challenge, whatever test. We're laying on you from a tent. This is our club, we are proud So sing it up, sing it loud We performed in 1881 The Claps and Orient had so begun The old story on it runs We're late and Orient from E10 Whatever challenges come our way The Orient faithful are here to stay Day.
Brentwood and Billericay. This is Phoenix FM News.